Hey guys, my name is Allie. Welcome to episode one of my new podcast, Talk About It. I'm here with a friend of mine, May. Hey, May. Hello, everyone. I am May. I am Allie's neighbor slash friend who is joining this wonderful journey of her new podcast. Um, Allie, what are we talking about? So... As a bartender, I've been bartending for about seven years now on and off. Uh, I took a little time off to join the corporate world and I'm back in it. I've been back in it for a while now. All kinds of crazy stuff happens when uh, being, working in the service industry. So I kind of want to just share like behind the scenes, wild stuff that we see happen. So this is a safe place shit talk on the worst customers <laughs> is that where we're headed because i'm here for the tea honestly this is always a safe place I won't name drop anybody so i would like to clarify my responsibility and my um existence on this podcast i'm just here for the ride and i'm just happy to be here because i have very minimal serving experience i was never bartender I did serve for a couple, like the last two years of college. And then mm. back in high school when I was like cute, um, I was a hostess back in my youth. Um, and I started out hostessing for like maybe a couple months. And then I was just a college student. And then the last couple years of college, I realized how I had no money and I really needed it <laughs> and I wanted it. So I got a job as a server at a little breakfast joint in college in our like really really small middle of nowhere hick town pullman washington go cougs baby so i didn't start at a smaller place i actually started my service industry career i did start as a hostess at well as well at 17 but i did work starting corporately mm. i love a good owner i when i was briefly a server um I was definitely had a good relationship with the owner. I think it was just during the time it was really hectic because COVID was just ending and restaurants were just um, starting to reopen and mass mandates are starting to go down and people were excited to come out. I had very minimal experience. We had very minimal staff, but lots of customers. So you had to really kind of, and you're low on staff like that and you're at 100% capacity and you're new to the service industry, you really had to think on your feet over there. Yes, we did. Honestly, this was one of the largest learning curves um, because during that time, we actually had no manager. We were self-governing establishment, and we were just a bunch of poor college kids with our heads cut off with very minimal knowledge and very poor um, decision-making skills. And so we were just self-governing. It was like Lord of the Flies out there. Um, but we tried our best and I think just to put a little backstory as to where I am in life right now, I am currently on a different journey of climbing the corporate ladder. Yeah, we kind of um, swapped, we kind of swapped there because during COVID I was in the corporate world and you were in the service industry and now you're climbing and we didn't know each other back then, but now I'm in the service industry and you're climbing the corporate ladder. Slowly climbing. I think you're doing great. It's progressively. 
we're trying guys we're trying but i will say my brief time in serving a lot i learned a lot there like i said before biggest learning curve of my life and though it might not like seem like it a lot of those skills are applicable to um the finance world and the things i'm doing now at work um i mean you have to be a people person with most most jobs i feel like and you really get a different side of people when you're in the service industry. Yes. And I think it's also like in the office now, everyone has pretty. The office, you're talking about your, your office. Yeah. yeah. I think in a corporate office, every morning you walk in, you know what people you're going to deal with. You know the personalities you're going to face. And you kind of have a blueprint of what your day is going to be like. Mm. But with serving, you have no idea the attitudes, the personalities. Um, you have no idea what you're going to deal with. Anything could happen. Something could break. You could, mm-hmm. a cook could like be on drugs and just oh my God, pass girl. out in so the middle of the shift. The fact that you said things could break, let me tell you, we lost power at work the other day and I was working and it was, uh, we're in Texas and it may be September but it is still hot. Like It was like it, 110 last week. Wasn't oh my it? God, girl. Yes, it was a Friday night and it's like right, right after 6 p.m. And we hear this pop and everything is dark. We find out the entire grid is out. It was, it was a struggle. I, I couldn't even take in enough water because it was just, you're just sitting there waiting for the power to come back on. Did customers stay or did they just like up and leave? We did. It was wild. We had customers. We did have quite a few of our of our customers, including regulars that were hanging out until it came back on. Could not be me. I'm not that loyal to anyone. As soon as I start getting uncomfortable, if it's that hot, <laughs> I will have you check me out. And I'm gone. I'm back in my apartment. I am gone. I do not. Girl, I do not blame you. I... It, it it took a lot of just everything I had in me to maintain composure because when you're dealing with extreme heat and it, it was still like you're just in a place where you're there's not really any wind or movement. The air is still and it's hot. And Texas is already hot. And we're in a wooden building. And woof, like... I just, I had to basically black out all of that. I don't think I could do that. Like as a customer or staff, yeah, I'd be gone. Either end, either end of that establishment, I'm gone. Honestly, on a Friday night, it was, it was a really big bummer because you as, as an employee, like I wanted the power to come back on because like, that's a, that's your money. That's, that's your money shift. shift. Yeah, that's Friday a good night. shift. So when you think about the loss, the money loss in that, because not only are your, you know, obviously I'm speaking from the bartender standpoint, but your bartenders don't have anybody at the bar. They're not making money. The servers aren't making any money either because they need people to come in. People aren't coming in when you have a power outage and not just us, an entire grid was without power for however long. Speaking of money, moment of honesty here. I feel like a lot of people look at um, 
bartending or service industry as something very temporary mm. um, because they don't view it as like a stable income or a forever income. What is the significance of tips or like the pay? Like, can you survive? How long can you survive? Is it good money being a bartender? Because I hear both sides. Some of my friends or some people are like, oh my gosh, be a bartender. You're going to make so much money. Da, da, da. And I hear others be like, it's a lot of manual labor. It's not steady. It's not, um, there's like, it's just not as steady as an office job. So yeah, there's, there's pros and cons to both. As far as, I like the schedule of bartending because I'm not, I just don't like waking up super early in the morning. And it's not that I can't do it. I have done it, you know, but it just feels like it's harder on my body, which I know a lot of people don't agree with, but you get to deal with people as a bartender. I I do deal with people in their best and their worst, but you get to have these interactions with people that are honestly like you can get really beautiful people moments and you remember why you love doing what you do. There is a craft and there's a sense of magic that happens behind the bar. As far as consistency, you do have your busier and your slower seasons. We live in an area where during the summertime, a lot of people travel, the schools are out, you know, so we do have a couple of colleges that are around here. I drank in college. I was, um, I lived off Twisted Tea because that's what was free at the frats. So I just <laughs> used to bar hop and I would go into a dark corner of the basement of the frat. That's where they were throwing their functions. I would just go in the corner. There'd be some like pledges that were on end quote bartending duty, which means they just reused all the red solo cups and I'd be like, Stop. Hey, can I have a drink? And it'd either be Bush, Keystone, Twisted Tea, or uh-huh. some like um, box wine. And I don't know how many lips were on any of my cups, but I can guarantee you I essentially Frenched at least probably the entire Greek row population. So that'd be about seventy three percent of our campus. Stop. Okay. Well, Yummy, right? <laughs> Yummy. We all had college days. So let's, I feel like we should save my Jaeger story for a different time. We got to ease the gotta, audience yeah, that, into our stories. That was woof. What a night. People what who night. are in bartending though, are they in it for, because they like the cert, like they like the service industry or are they in it because they like cocktails and they have a passion for alcohol not alcohol but like alcoholic drinks and making drinks mm-hmm. like I think it's both um I think there's a people aspect to it that is really fun and exciting and it's different every day there's an unstructured chaos that happens that honestly when you're in it it's addicting there is nothing better than when you and your team are seamlessly working together on a Friday Saturday night it's like music as a bartender you're focusing on atmosphere and when you're that busy when you are seven rows deep on the rail the the bar top and all you can see is people needing drinks you can't see anything else you block out you're able to block out everything so I've only served at one establishment Mm -hmm. and we did not have that chemistry as a team it was chaos 
we all wanted to chop each other's head off. Well, you guys and were understaffed during COVID. That's true. It's like the worst, worst time to be. We in also the had industry. no manager, so like I said, we were just a bunch of delinquents, self-governing. But I think our experience is so different because mm-hmm. the staff that we had, we did not have that chemistry. Like we were screaming at each other what to do, and like nothing was going well for us. I don't know how we pulled it off. I'm not even sure if we did pull it off, but I mean, we still stayed open the Mm. full regular hours, but we definitely, now that you mention it, I think having good chemistry on the staff and like the team is really important because we were all really miserable, honestly, during that time period. Yeah. Um, But so do you like... Being a bartender right now, do you love it? Is this where you want to be? Is this where you want to stay? Or I, I do. I love, I love the craft. Like I really. Stories. So you find value in your because I feel like a lot of people on the outside, especially for those who haven't been in the service industry, a lot of it can be assumed that conversations with the bartenders is just small talk, small talk, and in aim for their tips. But as a bartender, you actually find genuine value in the conversations and the customers that you get. I do. Um, and you can you can always kind of tell when someone does or doesn't want to talk. So you have to be really good about being able to read people and what they're wanting when they come and sit at your bar. Sometimes we get those first-time daters at the bar, and oh, yeah, they don't want... <laughs> oh, man, Tinder dates. Oh, maybe not Tinder, because Tinder they're not taking anyone out they're back they're back in an apartment back in a Ooh, spicy. you know it's tinder maybe it's like hinge (laughs) yeah they're they're on that hinge date they're not on a date but the people it's probably like a hinge date yeah well they're on that you know online social i know there's a lot of them but you know whether it's bumble or hinge or you're taking that tinder date out we can all tell when it's your first time so understanding like those social cues very quickly on whether somebody does or doesn't want to talk and also being able to immediately connect with somebody that is true craftsmanship not everybody anybody can make drinks literally anybody could be taught how to make drinks but to sit there and have a great personality and be able to connect with people behind a bar that is art because you're kind of stuck there you are stuck behind a bar. You only have a limited space. So if all you're doing is you just want to make drinks and not talk to people, it's just not an option. But as a bartender, you do find genuine value in the conversation. Sometimes you catch people, and even your regulars, you know, people are allowed to have bad days, right? And certain people like to go, when they're having a day, they want to be around people. They don't want to be by themselves. I'm someone when I'm having a day, I like to be by myself. So, but these people want to be comforted with this, with people around them and not necessarily they want to talk about it. It just makes them feel a little bit better when they're at their favorite bar talking with a bartender that knows them. So there's been several, several times that I've held my regulars hands while they've cried at my bar. I've held strangers' hands while they've cried at my bar. That's really intense. It can be. Like, you kind of hold this, like, 
when people are that emotional with you, you know, you are already very, very stimulated. They're down bad. If someone's crying to a stranger in public, they're down bad. So there was this mom a couple a couple weeks ago who had just dropped her oldest daughter off at college, like across the country. She was not handling it well. And she just wanted someone, she really just wanted someone to tell her that she was doing great. And so I literally did. She was drinking and I would just, I was just holding her hand. I'm like, you're doing great. You're such a great mom. And that's really, that's all she wanted to hear. So sometimes you just got to give people that space. You know what I mean? I guess. I guess. I get weird when people cry. So no, not really. I'll literally watch my friend cry and I'd be like, do you need some time? Because I do have a corner in my apartment. If you could just like look at that corner while you cry because I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) I will not be going to your house to cry. It's okay. (laughs) So no, I don't really relate with that. But kudos to you. Yeah, you know, people need space to just be people sometimes. And it's okay when you're not at your best. There shouldn't, there shouldn't be an obligation to always be at your best. I think our society's a little backwards with that. You know, I think a lot of people put on a type of front, you know, especially when they're going out. And instead of, I think it masks. I think we overlook a lot of things that, you know, people want to be a certain way in front of others. And I think when you allow people to, like, when you give that people space to just feel what they feel and connect with them, I think, especially when you're behind a bar and you're just connecting, that's where that's where the magic happens. You're like a cheaper therapist. Oh, I'm way cheaper than a therapist. You're like, bartenders also- are like cheaper therapists is what I'm getting at. Uh, yeah, we're a little bit of everything. We're your best friend. We're your therapist. We are your asshole friend that is just going to tell you to take more shots. Um, we are the party friend. So we're, we're everything for you. Um, I think that's why, like, for me as a bartender, I know during my off time, I don't really frequent a lot of bars simply because I want to be out of that. I want to be out of that space, you know? So out of all the bars, because I know you've worked uh, quite a few bars and mm-hmm. different types. Which one is your least favorite? You don't have to give me the company name. Sure. But what kind of bar is like your least favorite to work at and then your favorite? So just for kind of clarification, I have worked in the corporate world uh, as far as service industry. So corporate franchises, um, dive bars. So Places that don't really sell food. They really just sell alcohol. Yeah, buddy. That's what we like. (laughs) Hell yeah. And then um, I work, currently I work at an Irish pub. And so we do sell food and alcohol there. And not just because I currently work there, but definitely where I work now. Absolute favorite. It's more of a like fully functioning restaurant. Yeah. Establishment. It's a restaurant. Yeah, it is. With a full bar. Yeah, so it's a restaurant with a full bar, open late night. So Friday, Saturday nights are busy. Like, we'll have a live DJ sometimes, and it's just, it's very high energy, especially when school's back in session. So you're, it's a younger crowd on those nights, for sure. Least favorite? 
Uh, definitely, definitely corporate. And more so because there's my, a little bit more of micromanaging that happens behind the bar. Um, there's things that I feel like are just more structured than what they need to be. Did you have to wear a uniform? I did have to wear a uniform. I don't wear a uniform now, but I used to. Gosh, I don't think I could do a uniform. Um, I mean, you know what? In office, I do have a strict, a strict dress code, so maybe I could. I'm almost in a uniform. I don't have a strict dress code. I wear shorts and cutoffs. (laughs) Yeah, no. Actually, I literally got sent home like a couple months ago. You did, and that was stupid. You asked me to check the length of your dress. Guys, I got dress coded. I had a green dress on. It had a belt and collar. And I literally got pulled into a little office room with my manager. And I was asked to go back home and change. I told her not to go back to work. Like, nah, if you send me home, I'm staying home. Did I go? I did not go back. You didn't go back, but you had your things set for oh, online. Yeah, I had my you had to work like from home. Working. I had my work from home equipment. Mm-hmm. WFH. There we go. All the girlies and boys in office know what WFH. You got you got questions for me. I do have questions. No, down to the nitty gritty of being a bartender. Ooh. What is a pet peeve that customers often do but is not commonly realized as rude or inconsiderate to the staff? So I will just say this doesn't happen all the time. It usually happens on like a Friday or Saturday night. Uh, Because it's the younger crowd, but they will flip their shot glasses upside down when they're done taking them on the bar top. And is that because it leaves a ring or it's just you don't like to flip the glasses back up? So it it has nothing to do with reflipping the glasses. Um, It just it's so messy and the bar top is so busy on those nights. Oh, so like the residue or the remaining liquid. Yeah. The okay. remaining alcohol that's in there is, it's sticky, so it's leaking everywhere. And sometimes you don't see it right away, and you come back to an area that you feel like you were just at, and something's upside down, and now everything around it is just, it's its sticky. And so having to stop what you're doing, get a towel, wipe something, like, it's different when somebody spills something. You know, spilling something, it's, you like, most of the time it's an accident, like 99% of the time it's an accident. And so that may be more liquid, but it's an accident. Somebody like intentionally making a mess, that'd be like, I don't know, like me coming over to somebody's house and just like intentionally just like spilling. It's just like, gross because cocktails gross. have a lot of sugar in it too. Yeah. So that shit is like seeping into the wood well this is like a 20 something year old bar top too so i mean there's it's it's one of those it's not the first it won't be the last unfortunately because it's people you know when people party they don't they're not really cognizant sometimes of what they're doing and they're just having a good time so but the inconvenience sometimes when they do that there is okay so in college i was like a feral rodent right this no this this antic of mine in college you're gonna throw up at I would if there was a spill 
I would bend down and slurp it up off the counter. I can't believe you're looking at me in the eyes right now and telling Mm -hmm. me this story. Mm -hmm. That was like a trend. I forget what it's called. It was something like slamboozy, ramboozy. I don't know. But that was like a trend. And when I was freshly 21 and excited, I did participate in that trend. And I quite literally like slurped up the spilled drinks. No, ma'am. Absolutely. Absolutely not. In fact, I think I went as far as taking my straw and making sure I slurp that up dry. I don't think I can ever look at you the same now. Please don't do that. You didn't have me. No. If you haven't seen that, you didn't have me at your bar. Ugh, that reminds me of like my first dive bar, ex- like bartending experience where my, uh, trained bartenders the ones that had trained me so this is after my first like shift out of training they made me take a mat shot and it was the grossest thing I've uh it was terrible that sounds like it's just as bad like it's just oh the liquid's everywhere it's all over a bar gross it it probably was because it wasn't even at like a really clean establishment I mean hence this is like at a bar that's in the middle of Greek Row on my campus. So this is... Oh, that's a dirty bar. Yeah, that's this was also during COVID time. So, ooh, you know what? I did get COVID. I did get COVID. Literally the next day. So it wasn't from that bar because I don't think you can catch it that fast. But well, I was running about those. I was running around those bars and slurping random substances Stop slurping random substances. And then I did get COVID. You know what? Honestly, I think that's karma. That's what you get. Yeah, probably. Probably. This is this is why. I turned 21 um, during the peak of COVID, though. So, I mean, I this isn't good. But I was definitely part of the problem, not the solution <laughs> to stopping COVID. I'm being serious. Like, I was running around. I went to every open establishment that was like open on the down low and I was getting feral I you know what I was 21 I didn't want to be at the frats anymore so I was going anywhere that was open on the down low and I was just getting the true 21 experience true as I could during a time of lockdown you know I I love that for you so much. I'm I'm loving that you had the the best. So I will time of admit, your life. like full heartedly, I admit I was part of the problem, and I'm not proud of that. But that's just my past. That's my dark past. I contributed to the spread of COVID. I'm glad you found a safe space where you could really get that off your chest. That's been weighing down on me for the past two years. I'm here for you. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. I have another question for you. Okay. So, do bartenders? genuinely care for their regulars or is it fictitious personality for their tips because you're not actually going to be friends with them that's not true are you are you i do you actually go and hang out with your regulars i do i do hang out with a lot a lot of my regulars outside of work well then fuck what i said guys i don't know anything i have had more days where i hang out with like including my regulars than than not. Honestly, when I hang out with people, I yeah, I hang out with my coworkers, I hang out with my regulars. 
because my regulars, like the regulars at the bar are honestly some of the coolest people anyways. Like I would want to be friends with is them. Is that regular or is that just you? Like, is that normal? Honestly, that's a great question because <laughs> you know me, I am a far from normal. <laughs> so that might just be you. Um, I wouldn't say that because a lot of my coworkers now also hang out with a lot of our regulars outside of the bar. So maybe we're just odd or I don't know. When I was serving, I had regulars and um, I mean, I did enjoy when they came in. They were easy. They tipped well. Mm. They were like, um, they were good conversations. They were pleasant to have around, but I never hung out with them. Actually, I found one of my regulars on Tinder when I was in college. Did you swipe right or did you swipe left? Um, I don't wish to disclose that. It's a little too early <laughs> in this journey to disclose my choices on certain subjects. We'll circle back around to that on a later, on a, on a new episode then. Yeah. There's a, Perfect. There's a weird extended story on that question. It was a little too soon. I don't want to scare the audience off. So we're going to have a vote. If we think May should uh, tell us this story of her regular Tinder experience, uh, you should leave a comment. We'll do a separate, we'll do a one-off episode about Tinder because I have some, I have some quality stories about Tinder, um, but I'm going to need you to block every person with my last name because I don't want my family to find it. Listen, I need you to filter that. that. I need you to filter that that last name out. Sure, I'll do that. I won't be doing that. But sure, I'll do that. (laughs) But so so you hang out with your regulars. Yes. And so do your other coworkers. Yes. I feel like it's a common common assumption um, that bartenders aren't going to ever hang out with their customers. Like it's a incorrect. I feel like it's very assumed. And the common knowledge is that the personality or the bartender that's behind the bar, the staff, are really just hustling for the tips. And it's a fictitious personality. No. So you definitely, at least at least as far as I'm concerned, you get me, you've seen me at work. I'm pretty spot on. Like, Yeah, but you're like also a special breed of human. Oh, well, thank you. You're so kind. Um, I will say I genuinely care. I notice when my regulars aren't in, especially the ones that come in, they're on a very, very same routine every single week. Like when you see those people every single week and all of a sudden you don't see them. And I have a lot of my regulars phone numbers. So when I tell you that they are missed, do you just give out your phone number to whoever No, asks? because some people are creepy. Like, you do have those regulars sometimes that are, like, a little creepy. I don't hang out with those people. I hang out with people that, like, my gut instinct is, like, they're not creepy. Like, they're just genuinely good humans. I gave out my phone number a couple of times. I gave out my it's phone number. It's not like I use it for hookups because most of, like, most of the people that I hang out with are either dudes or couples and you know I don't like I don't I don't date guys so yeah I mean I so it's like bros 
I gave out my phone number a couple times to dudes and um there was they usually either like I texted one and he didn't fucking text back. How are you gonna ask me for my number? No, how are you gonna leave your number on a receipt and you're hot? Like he had a good face, he had a good body. I was like He was bangable. Yeah, he was bangable. And so I texted him, which I never do. Like often, more than not, when someone puts their number on a receipt, I feel like usually you don't get a text. Um, but I did to this one godly looking man and then he never responded. How are you gonna leave me your number and not respond? Anyways, <laughs> that's just I just had to get that off my chest. Clearly that, you were still feeling some type of way. <sighs> Seven years ago. This did. This happened like three years ago. Um, Dear diary, still not over it. Ooh, I have a another question. You have another question. Okay. Do bartenders feel a personal responsibility for the growth and success of the bar and owner they work for, or are they working subjectively for their tips? I think it's a very symbiotic relationship. Like usually, when the bar is doing well, the bartenders and servers are doing well, and vice versa. When your employees are doing well. They like coming, you know, they enjoy coming to work when they're going to make money. Um, cause that's how, that's how we pay our bills. So yeah, I think there's a very natural symbiotic relationship where, you know, and I am one of those people, I'm a little bit of a type A personality. So I don't like to disappoint people. I am a people pleaser. So I, I personally always kind of have that like, in my mind, I don't want to put a lot of a lot of drinks on like our spill tab. I try to be very mindful of making sure my pours, because we free pour, so I, you know, like to make sure my pours are spot on. Uh, because that that loss is can can get very expensive if you're not mindful of those things. So would you say like the growth of the business and the capacity, like would it, would you go out of your way to help bring in foot traffic if business started to go down? If that were to happen, yes. Um, But I don't see that happening. My, where the establishment where I work has been around for a long time. And I just, I don't see that even really being a possibility I don't know, maybe okay so be. there there is a um personal responsibility almost for the success of a restaurant and the owner when you are an employee yeah as a bartender you still want to continue to build up regulars and clientele um because you know people move and you know unfortunately people people pass away and you want to have that personality where people want to come back and engage with you to keep that regular base because they're going to bring in their friends and people that they care about. And whether they're sitting at the bar or sitting at a table, you put your name and the bar's name, wherever you're working, you put both of those names on that experience. Okay. I think there is another assumption that is like in my head I'm thinking why would you put that personal like why would you put that burden and that extra worry of like the success of the business when in my head a bartender or server could just go work for another one like if it closes you go work for another one 
So I think that there's a natural, you know, some people have more of that sense of, of loyalty to places. Um, because especially now, since it's a tip, um, it's a tipped industry. Mm-hmm. So you'll get tipped there. You'll get tipped at another place. So when I went in for my interview before I started working here, one of the things that my soon-to-be boss told me, because community was a big reason why I was changing from the bar that I was working at to a new bar, so I didn't feel like I was being connected to others in the community, and I, I was working at an airport bar at the time. Um, so that was kind of why. And I'd been to this bar uh, once before, and I like a little Irish pub, divey setting, like it's, you know dark and fun one of the things that my boss told me was that the entire staff pre-covid came back every single staff member came back when they were able to reopen that is amazing if i don't think i've ever heard that yeah if that doesn't tell you the amount of just like love for the company and what we do um I, it was crazy. Like, I could not believe, uh, like, I was gobsmacked. That is actually astounding. I have quite a few friends who are bartenders, servers, and I don't think I've ever heard of that. So that's a really good dynamic. That's a good team you got there. Oh, for sure. I I, I told you, I love, I love my job. She loves her job, guys. I you heard it job. here. I love my job. I used to wear a shirt that says, I hurt my job. Like or how are we on time? Um, yeah, we're, we wrap it up. Yeah, it is. It's time to officially. Wow. How do you feel about ending our first episode? I feel good. You feel good. Good. Um, rusty on the tech over here, but you know what guys, we got it running. You hang in there with us. Our quality is going to go up. It's weird. Give us some time. Yeah. We're on absolute, a trajectory upward. We are nowhere but up. That's right, honey. So As always, guys, it's a beautiful day to be here, and we will see you next time. Yes. Bye. Hang loose. Believe in yourself.